Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis is sitting just across from me, not quite socially distanced, which is just fine. How are you, Dean? Good. What about you? I'm good. I'm good. We've uh, we're graduation is upon us. Yeah, I've got one graduating, which is just hard to believe it just really is hard to believe yeah wait until they get married and they're buying houses and all that stuff too well, at least then they get off your payroll don't well they? that's true so uh, yes mine are both that might the, be that might be less hard to deal with yeah you know? <laughs> yeah all of mine are off the payroll yeah. which is a blessing for sure uh, uh people um give a lot of reasons to run mm-hmm. right um, and, and we're going to share and discuss Julie Wicker's reason for running today. And you're really going to be touched by her story. Really, really like her story. You know, you Holly, like- Holly and I were talking last night. I actually, we went through this story as a family last night because I didn't get time to go through it yesterday during the day. So we, our quiet time we have at night was as a family. We went through Julie's story. I thought Julie had been around a lot longer than she actually has because she's i mean she's one of those household names now that is part of run club you just you know who julie wicker is and it, it kind of shocked me when i saw the dates that she hadn't been around nearly as long as i thought she had yeah. um which just it, it's a testament to her impact to this run club yeah um, she's she's one of those household names it's pretty cool and then i'm going to share a story about where our confidence does not come from um, and it might have something to do with being bald I don't know so, anything about that. So that, <laughs> that it's coming. Be fun. It's coming. <laughs> You're working on it my, for sure. My older brother reminds me all the time because he's a lot further along than me. Yeah, yes, he, he says is. my day's coming, and I said, "Well, it's not got here yet, and he, yours has." So. Yeah. Well, part of the difference is he <laughs> embraces it. No, he doesn't. He does not embrace it. He gets so does touchy he? if you say something oh, about it. Oh, no. And maybe he won't listen to this podcast. But uh, I just assume since he cut it so short that he no, would just kind of embrace no, it. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. I would be the one to embrace it. Yeah, no. If, if, I start, if it starts going, I'm just going to shave it. Yeah, that's me. And no. just go with it. But uh, I'm just done but with not it. my brother. Yeah. Hey, uh, this week, you know, we have a sponsor every week. And this week we're, we're sponsored by Ken's Car Star. Great company. They uh, feature state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, tow assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. They've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989. That's crazy. That's why more people choose CarStar Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Call Ken's CarStar and schedule a free estimate today and you know one other thing that they do is they also paint all of our race awards and you know you can go to a lot of races and get some pretty cool awards but not as cool as ours you know brown industry does these custom cutout metal cutouts and then we have them they're painted the same exact way that a car is painted yeah 
Yeah. And you, I think you go down there and you actually help Ken do this. I have. And they're just, we have a lot of compliments on our race awards. So yeah. that's just another reason to come to Dalton in April and run the, the Run for God 5K because we have the best awards ever and partly because of Ken's Car Star. I'll tell you something, uh, another interesting story about Ken's Car Star because I have two boys that work at Ken's, Star, Ken's Car Star, right. boys, when I'm just turned 30. <laughs> they're off the payroll now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but they are. They're, now, CarStar is a nationwide sure. company, um, but they're all locally owned and operated like, like this one is. Well, our Ken's CarStar here in Dalton, Georgia, is the youngest um, staff of any CarStar in America. Probably including the owner. By, by a long way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they get calls all the time asking them, how do you do it? How do you get these young people to come in and they do the job and do such a good job? Because the thought is, is that auto body is an old man's job mm-hmm. and that it's it's dying out. Sure. And um, But they do a great job at, at encouraging young folks. And I can tell you, Jamie, good Christian guy who... He is. I don't know how old Jamie is. I think he's about my age. Maybe I would mid, say. Mid, late 30s, early 40s. I, I um, would say so. Great guy. Yep. Yeah. Great yep. guy. Facebook live or Facebook live, Facebook post from this week. I'm thinking about doing something. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, uh, Here's another one from this past week. Yesterday on my lunchtime walk, I wandered down a trail not far from my home, a trail I had walked many times in the past. As I got out of my car and headed down the trail, it didn't take me long to see that it was nearly obscure, overgrown with weeds and small saplings. The trail would have taken me to a pond and then deeper into the forest, but the path was so overgrown that it had disappeared under my feet. Not wanting to wade through the knee-high weeds and risk stepping on a snake, I decided to turn back. Then this thought hit me. Neglecting the trail had allowed it to start reverting to its original condition. Without trail maintenance, new plant growth was eventually going to take over. The same can happen to our hearts. If we neglect heart maintenance... Weeds can creep in. According to the Bible, our hearts are like fertile ground and give birth to either weeds or selfishness or fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's from Mark 4, 26 through 34. Proverbs 4, 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Yes, weeds left unattended can not only make uh, a once visible trail disappear, they can choke out the path God wants you to stay on. For small is the gate and narrow the path that leads to the life to a life with Jesus. That's an awesome analogy there. It is. You know, I just left. I was on a job site earlier this morning, and I was walking down a trail exactly what Linda was talking about. And I made the comment, my youngest son actually mows out in this project. I said, we need to get Landon out here to mow this because this trail's getting grown up. And that, but I've never heard it put like that. That's yeah. That's awesome, and I don't think it's any coincidence that she uses proverbs 423 in our story yeah refers to proverbs 423 oh it's all coincidence you don't put these you don't you just you're grabbing <laughs> facebook posts and you're grabbing stories and i think god teed this up yes um, he did and I, I didn't actually read that part last night so that's very interesting but uh that's a great thought by linda she's just full of great she insight. is she is yeah. and you would expect her to, to connect nature because she's always on the trails yep yeah. she is yeah yeah. Trail maintenance and Bible study. Who knew they were the same thing? Learn something today. (laughs) Thanks, Linda. Uh, You know, 
I recently read there's a there's a, a poem out there that this brings to mind, "The Road Less Traveled" by Robert Frost. I don't know if you've ever read it. Never and have. Many people have heard it. That's a very famous poem. I just heard that that as huge as that poem is, maybe that may be the the most popular poem in history. And it was written as kind of a joke, as kind of a needle to a friend of his. And I never heard that before, which makes the 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 poem and it's even called more the road less traveled. The road less traveled. I'm gonna have to read that. The road less it has made all the difference is the way that it ends. It's a it's a, it's a good one. Trivia from last week: the official distance for the marathon is 26 miles, 385 yards. It's an odd number. Why is it that distance? You know, the marathon goes way, way back. And, of course, the original marathon in 1896 in Athens was to commemorate what Pheidippides had done. Mm-hmm. He ran from the Battle of Marathon um, where they had defeated uh, Persia. Persia, and, they, and he ran back to Athens to let everybody know, we won, we won. Nike, Nike. Nike yeah. Yep. And, and then he drops dead. And everybody knows that story. And so the thought is that the marathon is the distance sure. from Marathon to Athens. Not true. That's what I always thought. The, the distance from Marathon to Athens is actually 25 miles. So if we were going to go by what the original distance was, it would be 40K mm-hmm. or 25 miles. But that's not what happened. So the modern Olympic Games, the original marathon, was 40K. Um in 1896 but then what happened in the 1904 1908 olympic games we're in london and so in london the the olympic games you know you know what you have in london Mm -hmm. right the royal family Mm -hmm. and the royal family gets what the royal family wants right and so the the queen had decided that queen alexandra requested that the race start at Windsor Castle on the lawn at Windsor Castle and that it finished in front of the royal box in the stadium. <laughs> and so not a big ask. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and so the Olympics did it. That's what they did. They changed it. So they lengthened the race from the original course to have it start and end in those places. Well, it turns out that distance was 26 miles, 385 yards. And that's how the marathon got its original distance for some reason because there was no reason really to go to go to that to and stay not, there and, yeah to, and not to go back but for whatever reason that's what happened so uh it, it finally was officially in, in 1921 is when that was officially made so it went 13 years of i don't know if there was debate or, or what happened so does that mean if i could go back to my last marathon and pull up my garment and take my time at the 25 mile mark and say, my marathon PR is this because that's the real marathon distance. Not, not unless you're going back in time before 1921. Well, so. okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find some minutes here, Dean. Good try, though. Good try. <laughs> uh, today, marathon races take place all over the world, including the North Pole and the Great Wall of China. Uh, in a, in America alone, there are 1,100 marathons each year. Really? Yes, that's amazing. For decades, marathons, of course, were only open to male athletes, too. And then in the, in the 70s, uh, the Boston Marathon, which was, is the oldest marathon in the world, kicked off in 1897, um, 
began allowing female competitors in 1972. Now, that's what's the picture? What's the famous picture that you see of the lady that's running and the they're trying to drag her off the course? Who, that's who Catherine is, Switzer. And what race was that? Uh, that was the Boston Marathon. Okay. That's Jock Semple. Okay. trying to pull her off the course because he was the meet director right. and he didn't want women running the race and she banded the race and, and went out there and ran and she, he was trying to get her off the course. So and, would the next year, were they allowed? Yes. Is that kind of what changed the tide? That's what okay. changed the tide. Sure is. Yeah, that got him a lot of bad PR, I'm sure, for that yeah. picture. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. I don't know when that was, but I know the picture. Very famous picture. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then, you know, the Olympic marathon wasn't held for women until 1984. It was wow. thought that that was too far for women to run. And so in 1984, we finally had that first Olympic marathon. Joan Benoit Samuelson won that marathon. Um, I, I've told the story on this podcast where I ran next to her one time while mm-hmm. I was running the Boston Marathon. thought, oh, my gosh, this poor old lady, she's going to die. Well, it turns out she finished just a few minutes behind me, and <laughs> she was a 57-year-old Joan Benoit Samuelson uh, finishing just Very behind humbling, me. humbling, isn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, so, anyway, uh, in 1976, this is great. In 1976, there were about 25,000 people in the United States who finished a marathon. By 2013, it was over half a million you know, I wonder how many of those do – do you know the stat of how many are men and how many are women? I don't, but the, the, the number of women has grown tremendously. Yeah, because, I mean, in this ministry, women out, outweigh men, mm-hmm. at least as far as registered right. participants and stuff we do. There's more women than there are men. So I wonder if that holds true for running in general. I don't know. I, I think my gut tells me, I th- and I think this is accurate, and you – Somebody please smack me on the hand if I'm wrong. But I believe in the marathon is still male dominant. There's still more males in the marathon. But overall but recreational running, I but, wonder. But recreational running, it is more female than male. Yeah. Yes. Mm. No question about it. So yeah. So if um if somebody's just tuning in, we just talking about run club and kind of how we're made up. Right. Somebody's just tuning in, they don't know about run club. What all can they get from Run Club? Yeah, you know, Run Club, it's 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 a community of like-minded runners. It's 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 turned into something we never saw coming. You know, we have training plans, we have this couch to marathon going on right now, which if if you're a runner, you could you could jump in right now. We're in the middle of the the 10k challenge going on right now. Uh, actually the first half of it. Um we've got the the Facebook page which is Hands down, you, you say it in the video, it's mm-hmm. worth the price of entry just for that. It's $9.97 a month. You can do it by the year, and it's actually $0.27 cents a day. Um, but it's just incredible. But, yeah, we're we're in the middle of this couch to marathon journey right now. We're uh, partway through the 10K challenge. Um, for those who are out there listening <laughs> who may not know this, I'm doing it with everybody. You know, I started from ground zero with yep. the 5K back in January, and I'm struggling. I told you on the way yeah. down here. You you're, know, getting, you're getting soft. Well, you know, I'm getting older, not as old as you. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I had a run. We we were supposed to do a tempo run this past – I did mine on Monday, and I struggled to hit my time. It was <laughs> so hard, and it's so depressing to me because my tempo pace today – is way slower than my slow pace used to be. Yeah. But with that said, I really struggled and I I didn't succeed. You know, the last three or four minutes I actually dropped below my pace. 
Well, I went out yesterday to do my easy run, and my easy run, I was almost at my tempo pace, no problem. And it just goes to show you, it was nothing physical. It was the frame of mind I was in on Monday. You know, it was one of those days where it was just busy, nothing wrong, but just busy and wasn't in the right frame of mind. Yesterday, it was a little bit easier day, um, not as much going on. And so it's all it's all between the ears. Yep. It's so much between the ears. So if you're out there and you're struggling, if you are in this couch to marathon and you're struggling, you're not alone. Nope. I would bet to say that if most everybody who started with the 5K challenge, they're, they're struggling with these tempo runs and these hill workouts, but but grind through it. Yeah. Because it will be worth it. I, I, I know that because I've been here before. Many people haven't been here before, and I'm just here to tell them, you can do this. I can do this. Are we going to make the choice to do this? Yeah. And the answer for me is yes. You brought up a great analogy, too. I was telling you about an email that I had received earlier this week from someone who said that they just like to run. Mm -hmm. They don't really want to do all – they don't care if they get faster and all that stuff, so they're not really into all the tempo running and stuff like that. Um, and, and the comment that you made, because I, I struggle with that. I, I don't want people to feel like if, – if, if you just want to run, that's great. Right. But here's what I think. I think that if you'll give it a try, a real try, right. not just try it one time and then give up – but give it a real try. I think you'll enjoy running more yeah. by doing that. And you get you gave me the analogy that there's a lot of people who are walkers, and they say, can I be part of the program? And they come in as walkers, and then they try to run. And, and then, then they, they go, go back. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, this running thing's not, not as bad as I thought it was. But there's just people out there, and I, I'm one of these people that – they want to kind of do it on their own terms. They don't really yeah. want to be told what to, some people respond well to coaching. Yeah. You know, we talked about my oldest son and my youngest son. My oldest son, <laughs> the harder you are on him, the better he does. My youngest son, if it's not his idea, he's not doing it. Yeah. And so you've got two kind of personalities there, and there's probably a few others, but some people just want to kind of do things on their own terms. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. All we ask in the 5K challenge is come and walk. But just try it. One or two times, just try it. And more times than not, they realize they can do a lot more than they think they can. But they just wanted to have the option of doing it on their own terms. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So whichever you decide out there, you can decide either one. You can decide to, to go the little bit easier route. Or you can decide to try to grind out a little bit harder and do, do something that's a little bit harder. But either way. Just getting out of the house mm -hmm. and putting one foot in front of the other and doing something that's good for yourself is totally worth it. Yeah, I would I would say that if 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 you're getting out and you're running a couple miles a week every week, you're probably in better shape than ninety percent of the country. <laughs> I don't know. Or the world. I, I mean You may be right. Just doing something, you're way ahead of most people. And right. it's just it's just getting in that route, making it part of your life is the important thing. Yep. Well, as always, we are sponsored by J Radio. And don't forget that there is a Run For God channel on J Radio. I've got a bone to pick. Yeah. John was in here a few weeks ago. I wasn't here, but I listened to the podcast. And you said that your channel is the most popular. Is that true? I think that's true. That I, I thought I had heard that. And after I said it, I thought, I'm not sure that that's true. I think I heard something else, and I interpreted it that way. 
Because I, I have to think mine is the best. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty mine sure that's not true. Mine has Southern Gospel on it, Daniel. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not true. But <laughs> <laughs> So when I heard you say that, I was like, Ugh! I'm pretty mine sure. Mine should be the most popular. So I'm if you haven't sure. listened to my channel, go listen to my channel. Yeah, yeah. They're both they're both excellent. They're just two completely different uh, very, avenues. Very different. They're both good, yeah. though. <laughs> As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. Okay, we're back, and now I'm. I, I've thought about it a little bit more. I think somebody from Partners for Christian Media told me that mine was the most popular. I'm, I, I think that happened. I think they were misguided. But because I'm old, I can't remember for sure that that is a conversation that well, I had. You know. <laughs> so if you're out there listening, go download the J Radio app, go to the Run for God channel, and click on Mitchell's playlist. Yeah. I have a great variety of songs. I have it definitely old is a variety. Southern gospel, and I have contemporary music. Yeah. So check it out. Go check mine out. Yep. Get get my statistics up there so <laughs> we can change this tide. <laughs> hey, if you have questions about anything and you're part of Run Club, you can send questions to dean at runforgod.com. Um, if you don't know about us, go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com and learn more about us. We just talked about some of the benefits of being part of Run Club. We would love to have you as part of Run Club. If you just kind of happened up on this podcast and don't know much about what Run Club is about, check it out. Um, and we want to hear your story. We're going to share somebody's story today. Uh, and, and we just – somebody who's very big in Run For God. We all mm-hmm. know in Run For God. And uh, we want to hear your story. Now, there's a lot of folks out there that I know your names, but I haven't seen your story yet. Mm-hmm. So I am waiting We're to get your you story. Out. Yes, get your story to us yes. so we can share it on the air. Pretty awesome. All right. You know, you know who called me this week? The funnel cake guy. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who don't know this, we had a race a few years ago. It's called the Funnel Cake 5K. And this Funnel Cake 5K, the way that this thing started was that Debbie, my wife, she ran her first race was at a festival in uh, Chatsworth, Georgia, which is just down the, down the road from us. It was her first ever 5K. And there was it was the race was the morning of a fair. So you get through, and then there's a fair out there, and you go and you go to the booths and stuff like that. Well, what do you have at fairs? You have funnel cakes at fairs, right? Every fair in the world has funnel cakes or should have funnel cakes. In this case, in Chatsworth, at the Black Bear Festival that year, they did not have funnel cakes. Debbie was so disappointed. (laughs) She was so upset that they didn't have funnel cakes after her 5K. And she decided that it would be great if one day we could have a funnel Funnel cake 5K. 5K. 
And we did it. And we did it. Two years. We did the Funnel Cake 5K, yeah. Yeah. So you get through and you get a free funnel cake. I mean, what's better than that? Come on. <laughs> so I see you're, uh, you were talking about other races, Krispy Kreme race in North Carolina. Yeah. It's funny you got this on here because just last night, right after we read Julie's story as a family, Lane, my oldest son, who's the triathlete and the runner, he he has this idea. You know, he's he's getting bigger. He's getting more muscular. He's growing. Um, he's kind of becoming the man. Um, you know, you, you kind of hit that peak, that that weird area from 17 to 19. But he's, he's starting to put on some more weight. And uh, he said last night, he said, when I get to 148 and a half pounds, now, you know Lane, he's very precise. And <laughs> he said, I'm going to go eat two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. He'd already done the math, and that would be about a pound and a half of donuts and first first of all i said you're gonna die if you eat that he said because i want to get it 150 pounds and i want to be able to say i'm 10 percent krispy kreme (laughs) so where did this even come from well yeah that's that's what he said he wanted to do oh that's awesome i love that and i said you you will be that those krispy kremes will be coming back because chances are he's gonna have a workout that day right and uh Be like that time he went and ate a bunch of sushi for lunch and went and tried to do a track workout later that day. That didn't turn out good. So, well, he'll get to uh, taste them again. He gets, you know. So 10% Krispy Kreme. I mean, 1% Krispy Kreme. That's awesome. That's what he wants to be. Yep. There is a race. There is a Krispy Kreme race. Yeah. Where I think it's a five mile race where you run two and a half miles and then you eat an entire box of Krispy Kremes and then you run back and, and get the starting line and the finish line in the same place. And apparently, I've never run it, I've always wanted to. But apparently they have all these five-gallon buckets that line the street. They have to. Because people have to stop and, of course, use those buckets. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting race. There's another interesting race. I remember reading about this one day in an article, and so I went and I checked it out. So it's different now. Somebody else bought the rights to this race, apparently. But you can go to youmaydie.com, and it will direct you to, to this race. And the race is just crazy stuff, just absolutely crazy. You don't even know when the race starts. You just show up, and it starts sometime in the middle of the night. Um, you may be pushing wheelbarrows. You may be digging. You may be diving into muddy water. That No telling what you could be doing. It's uh, it's crazy, some of the stuff that people do out there. Wow. So Anyway. Yeah. So why do you run, and how did you start running? Was it by divine intervention? It seems like it was for the lady who wrote this next story, which is Julie Wicker. And Julie is from Georgetown, South Carolina. And she wrote a story called Running is My Sacrifice. My dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer Christmas Eve 2018. This came as such a shock because he had always been so healthy. The week following my dad's diagnosis, we gathered at my parents' house. One night, I came across a Run for God book. I had remembered my parents completing this study together a few years prior. I asked if I could borrow it, not really thinking I would become a runner. I started the Run for God Bible Study and 5K program solo that January. Early on my dad's cancer journey, he had to miss out on daily activities we take for granted. 
His comment to me was that his cancer was nothing in comparison to what Jesus has endured dying on the cross for our sins. I have always said running has been my sacrifice for dad. Running can be both mentally and physically challenging. It's a pain I'm willing to endure so that I can give so that I can gain new strength from God and use that time for prayer and worship. We read about how Jesus endured the cross and how we are no different in the pain that we experience in 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. I remember the day I ran my first solo 5K. I was at a local park and the song Forever Rain played on my Pandora radio. I was so into worshiping, I had not noticed I was about to complete my run. Within minutes of finishing, my dad called me and I was able to celebrate my victory with him. Once I reached my 5K goal in April, I kept pushing myself week after week to run farther. By July 1st, I was leading my first 5K Run for God class at our church. I had always planned on running the 5K in November with my first group at our local Bridge to Bridge 5K, 12K, and 13.1. Over the summer, I decided to challenge myself to sign up for the 12K. I kept pushing harder each week. When summer was over, I had surpassed 12K. I was contemplating signing up for the half marathon. I remember being afraid I would not be able to run the two bridges or worse, maybe not even finish at all. That following week, I listened to an interview that Run for God had done with Ryan Hall, who is a retired Olympic and world record runner. He really spoke to me personally in that interview. Ryan asked the question, have you done what God has told you to do? For me, God had put running on my heart. This journey had become my platform. I admitted to myself that I had felt the nudge to run the half marathon for a while now. I had also been very transparent and admitted my concerns to my peers. In the interview, Ryan goes on to say, we should also listen to, to the people God has surrounded us with. I love Run for God Bible study group at my I love my Run for God Bible study group at my church. Although I am the leader, they have encouraged me more than I have encouraged them. So if you're on the fence about leading a group, I'm here as your cheerleader. Just go for it. What really stepped on my toes was when Ryan said, what comes out of you is what you believe about yourself. He compared this to the scripture, everything flows from the heart. In Proverbs 4.23, we read, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. After hearing that interview, I took the plunge and registered for the half marathon. Was I crazy? I had never run a competitive race in my life. I continued to use my running as a time of prayer for my dad and all those suffering with cancer. It became my therapy. Although my dad had been given just six months to live, God blessed us with 13 months. We were praying hard for a miracle. During the first eight months, my dad had seven chemo treatments, his gallbladder removed, gastric bypass, both plastic and metal stents surgically placed, and at least 10 ERCP procedures. 
He had already been hospitalized around 20 times for constant infections. Each infection would be a week in the hospital. Even if my dad was not healed from cancer on this earth, my family decided he was healed on that August 28th. That day, the doctors told my mom to call the family in. Miraculously, he made it through that scary episode. He was healed so that he could spend that Thanksgiving gathered around the table with family. He was healed so that we could spend our, that Christmas together as a family celebrating the birth of our Savior, our Lord, Christ Jesus. He was healed so that my parents could celebrate their 43rd wedding anniversary. He was also healed for November 2nd, 2019, the day I ran my first half marathon. When that day came, my dad was at the finish line to see me cross. This was a miracle because he traveled four hours to be there. My Run for God group had crossed the finish line and completed their first 5K. After receiving their awards, they all waited at the finish line for me to cross. My friends and family made sure my dad was comfortable. Our race coordinator even made sure that he had his own parking spot so that he would have a place to retreat if it got too cold. Little did I know my friends and family were tracking me on my Twins Life 360 app. One of my friends had even gotten permission for my group to run the last leg of the race with me and lead me right up to the finish line. There was so much emotion put into that day. I will forever cherish that moment with my dad. It was as if, as if time had stopped. The cool thing was that everyone was watching us with our bright pink and black Run for God shirts. Little did we know that just two and a half months later, my dad would lose his battle to cancer. The last week of my dad's life, I could see that his journey was almost complete. He had run a good race, and he could see the finish line in sight. His 13 long months of intense treatments, hospital stays, and procedures paralleled with his strong faith and deep devotion with God, which prepared him for crossing the finish line, was over. I am so blessed that I not only got to be on the sidelines cheering him on, but to have been beside him through this entire journey. Some days he would be coaching me, and some days I would be coaching him. We read about crossing the heavenly finish line in Philippians 3.14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. A legacy is the impact you create with your action and words. A legacy is the life you created in others. A legacy is the children and grandchildren you leave behind. A legacy is the faith you shared with others. A legacy is what you did with your time, talents, and gifts. Each year, I select a word of the year to focus on. As I reflect on my word for 2019, which was influence, I realized what a great gift God had given me. If Dad had not gotten cancer, I may not have found running. If I had not found running, God could not have used me to be an influence with others through the Run for God program. Do not get me wrong. I am certainly not grateful that my dad battled and lost his life to cancer. I am grateful that God gave me a gift that would get me through the hardest season of my life. My only regret is that I did not learn to love running while my dad was healthy. I would give anything to go for a run with him today. I am blessed to have received his treadmill. 
Every time I run on it, I think of my dad. It will be helpful for this next season of my life because I have recently committed to running my first marathon by January of 2022. This decision has made me aware of where my comfort zone starts and stops. When I ran my half marathon, I recall stepping outside of my comfort zone. I remember being asked if a marathon was my next goal. At that time, I said, the only way I would ever run a marathon is if I could get my half marathon down from two hours and 20 minutes to two hours. I'm a little backwards because my second competitive race was a Christmas 5K. God has a way of nudging. Over the last year and a half, I've been working on my pace. I'm confident that I will beat my half marathon time when I run the Bridge to Bridge Half Marathon this November. I am both nervous and excited as our Run for God Club training plans get me closer to preparing for the full marathon. I will once again be pushing the boundaries of my comfort zone. I am so thankful for the community and friendships I've developed through this group. We are all in this together. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, so I've got some crazy, I put these in air quotes, coincidences. So you, you don't line these stories up. You just kind of throw these, put these stories in where they fit in. And so Linda's Facebook post at the beginning of this podcast talked about the verse in Proverbs where it says everything flows out of the heart. Well, that's one of the verses Julie talks about. Julie goes into depth about talking about the Ryan Hall interview. Do you know when the Ryan Hall interview was filmed? No. So during, while you were reading that, I flipped over because I was wanting to find the picture of Julie because I know, I know the race she's talking about because I can see that picture of her dad yeah. sitting. It may have been in a wheelchair and he was all covered up. Yeah. I, I can see that picture in my head. So I flipped over to Facebook to see if I could find that picture because I think we need to to show that. I'll just turn that off. But I pull up my Facebook, and this is on my Facebook. So it's a picture of our family that was shot the day of the Ryan Hall interview. And this showed up on my memories is two years ago to the day. Oh, my goodness. Two years ago to the day is the interview she was talking about. Wow. And Linda was talking about the same verse. She was talking. I don't know. I just, well, all these dots connect sometimes, and it's really cool how God just, all I, I don't know, know. it kind of gave me cold chills when I pulled this up, and I was like, oh my gosh, because you were re reading about the Ryan Hall interview, and I pulled this up, and I realized two years ago today was the Ryan Hall interview. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, you, now that you mentioned <laughs> that, it came up on my memories as, as well. Really? And so, yeah, I had forgotten about that. Um, it's, uh, that it came up. Yeah, that's, uh, well. God puts stuff together. It's so it's so fascinating to watch him work and to watch him do this. Yeah. It's crazy. And we hear this a lot from uh this this group of people about how they they're so supportive of one another. And and Julie is clearly thankful uh not only for where her running journey started and how it started and her dad's influence on her life, but she's she's thankful for all the folks that support her through the Run for God Run Club. Mm-hmm. And we see that all the time. Well, and she talks about something we say a lot, where, you know, you go in to teach a class, mm -hmm. and as the instructor or the coach, you're the one that learns the most. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love her challenge in there that if you've been on the fence, don't do that anymore. Yeah. Because it will change your life. Yep. For sure. Yeah, and I love her original sentiment, too, about how, you know, 
our world is busy, and it's such a great time to be alone with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think sometimes we discount the value of that with of running mm-hmm. with uh, just the, the alone time with God. Because our our I mean, you know how it is. You'll stay busy one hundred percent of the time that you're awake if you let yourself. And you can even let your mind get busy during a run. You can. I did this just on Monday. It's part of the reason I feel like I didn't have that good of a tempo run because my mind was just racing about so many other things going on that I needed to get done that it it ruined my run. And, you know, it kind of goes to the point that I've said a lot. You got to find time to do nothing. Yeah. You got to find time to get everything out of your mind, clear your mind, and just talk to God. And that can be on a run. But even during a run so many times, we'll let the day – what we've got to do, our to-do list, whatever, we'll let that consume our run, and it will affect your run. It will. No doubt. I tell you, this, 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 and I've done this more than once. I can't, I can't say I've only done it once, but I have had times where <laughs> I'll be sitting on the couch watching a television program on my computer doing something and catch myself in the middle of bo- trying to do both of those things, which I'm not doing either one effectively, Thinking about something that's not related to either one. So my something brain, you need to do tomorrow. Yeah. My brain is thinking of three different things at one time. It's not yeah. thinking of any of them very well. And it's, yes, you have to get to a point where you slow down and go, okay, I need to focus on one thing at a time. And, or focus on nothing. Or focus on nothing. Yeah. Which gets you to the point of focusing on God right. very often. Because that's the thing that goes to the bottom of the pile all right. the time. Because most times, more times than not, God, God's not screaming. Yeah. He's not going to try to compete with all those other things because he's God. And those other things are in your and face. And he's, he's there. He's mm-hmm. there. But we just need to tune everything else out and go to him yep. because he, he's there always. Yep. But yep. We've, we've got to be intentional about doing that. We do. Scripture passage 1, uh, 2 Timothy um, 2, 8 through 10. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's funny that this this verse comes up now. I, I recently saw a video, and um he was he was saying in this video this person was talking about how christians are evil and that took, it struck me so hard cuz i'm like how how can you even go there but paul saw it back in his day they were calling him evil mm-hmm. right for for being a christian it's nothing new we we i i heard that and i thought gosh that's a pretty bold and direct attack and what like, yeah that's been around forever well i, I mean thought about it. Yeah. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted yeah. for my name's sake. You know, we we were talking on the way down here um, how – and we were talking about today, but it's really been this way since biblical times. But we were talking about how the world today doesn't like simplicity. And the gospel is very simple. Mm-hmm. But there's there's so many people out there that want to try to shoot holes in the gospel because it's not complex enough. Yep. And that's too many times that's what we do with the gospel. We try to complicate it and 
you know, say you need to get to this point or get to this point. No, it's it's very simple. Come as you are and accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Believe He is who He said He was, that you need a Savior, and that you need to repent of your sins. Boom. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's what I love about our Peace with God page is it's four short videos, and that's all you need to know. But, you know, it's it's good to learn the theology and go into to all the, the different aspects of the Bible, but the gospel is very simple. Yeah. Um, but it's for that reason that it's been hated for generations. Yeah. I, I, I came across this quote. Gosh, I love this quote. Um, it's from Matthew Henry, who, you know, has a commentary that he wrote many, many years ago. It says, The incarnation and resurrection of Jesus Christ, hardly believed and rightly considered, will support a Christian under all sufferings in the present life. Hmm. Man, that's a that's a mouthful, isn't it? There's, you could take that apart and talk about that for an hour. Um, but that, it's that, really simple. But it, but it's simple. We know the end game. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. Scripture passage 2, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Um, it's very convicting. It is. Um, I think the, the, the way she said it up in her story, it might have been a, a different version it of was. the Bible. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. You yeah. know, I... These are some of the conversations I have to have with my wife because she sees quicker than anybody what's in my heart because it's it's my attitude. Mm-hmm. Your attitude comes out of the overflow of your heart. And she'll and call you out. She will absolutely, <laughs> call, as she should. Yes. Uh, she did it the other night. And it's one of those things where if I'm being transparent here, I had to come back and I said, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're, that was uncalled for. You're right. And it's... It's where do we let our heart get through the day? You know, mm-hmm. that, in fact, I think this was the same day that I'm talking about that temple run. It's like everything, and and there was so many things going on, and you just you were just, you know, it's just one of those days, and that affects your heart. You know, what you listen to on the radio affects your heart. That's why Christian music, I believe, is so important. And you know, the people you you surround yourself with affects your heart. People, the things you watch on TV affects your heart, and what comes out of you is a result of what you do, what you say, what you watch, what you listen to. And that's why we've got to protect our heart, like it talks about here in Proverbs. Yeah, because those things, a lot of those things that are attacking your heart, they're, they're negative things. And people they're, use they're, the excuse, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, if it's affecting your heart, if it's allowing bad things to come out of you, then yes, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Whatever that thing is, we can. We're not going to go into all the things, but if it makes you stumble or it causes anybody else to stumble, you need to get it out of your life. Yep. Period. Yep. That's pretty simple and straightforward. That's the theme of the day: simple and straightforward. <laughs> Passage three, Philippians three fourteen. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And of course, that one goes goes with the last one. Um, you know, if you're gonna, in order for you to keep your heart focused where it needs to be, it ha- it has to be that pressing. I think about when I hear the word press, I think about nonstop. I think about constant pressure. I think about not letting up, and and that's that's kind of where we have to go. Um, 
I, I think about it. I, I, I talk to people sometimes about running 5K races, mm-hmm. for example. And we'll eventually get to the point when I get them to start really describing how they're running a race that there's a point in the middle of the race where they're kind of coasting. You can't coast in a 5K, not if you want to run your best 5K. It's, it's pressing from the, from the start to the finish. It's never comfortable if you do it right. And most people don't do it right because it is too uncomfortable to do something that hard for that long. Uh, but that's kind of how, how we have to do with our heart. If we ever let up, we don't get our best. Well, it's about being intentional. Yep. You know, you, to run a 5K the right way, you have to be intentional. You have to be focused. You have to be willing to put up with the pain and everything that goes along with it. Well, mm-hmm. our daily walk is the same way. You can, you can stumble into sin. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy. But you have to be intentional about staying out of sin. That's right. And that's not always easy. You're going to get made fun of. You're going to get persecuted, whatever. But I think that's what this verse is saying. you got to press toward the goal of the prize of the call of God. It's it's being intentional. I, you know, if I'm not paying attention, I can wind up in places I shouldn't be. I could wind up looking at things I shouldn't look at. I should. I could wind up listening to things I shouldn't because, well, it's just the radio. Well, it's it's just that bar or it's just that whatever. And and you can, if you're not intentional, if you're not focused on what God calls you to do, anybody can stumble into the wrong places. Yep. You know, I had a conversation with my pastor one time, and, and I'll never forget, this has probably been 15 years ago, and he said, I will never make the statement that I'll never cheat on my wife. Because that, that puts me in a place of complacency. Like, it's it's the hubris. He said, I have to be on guard every day with my heart. Hmm. And, and and that really stuck with me. And, and to hear it for the first time, you're like, that that sounds weird, but after thinking about it for a long time, I, re- I really got what he meant. If yeah. if you make that statement, then that says it's never going to happen, so you can just let your guard down. Yeah. But never make that statement because the minute you do, the the evil one's just going to put a target on your back at that point. Yeah. Um. And and that's going to be your weakness, where you think that's your strength. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think that's exactly what this Philippians three fourteen is is talking about. Is we have to be focused. And, and driven toward that goal and never assuming that whatever's in the bag. I mean, our salvation is in the bag, but living a life, um, living for God is, is not in the bag. That's, yeah. that's something we have to pick up our cross daily and that's do. That's right. So, yeah, I got on a little I like trail that. there. But. That's, a, that's a great, great analogy for that, <clears throat> yeah. Question one, are you tired of solo running? Do you long for a running tribe? <laughs> it's funny. I, I like both. You know how I am. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really, really. I, you know, the other day I ran over at Grove Level, mm-hmm. and I ran nine miles at Grove Level, which is a little tedious and boring to run six laps on that, on that thing. But I really enjoyed it. There was something about that day that there's just days where I go, I go for a run, and I really enjoy nature, the feeling of the run, the talking with God, just the raw nature of it. Sometimes I love, but I also love 
I get a chance to run with somebody. I mean, I love, you know, when I ran into you on the track here a couple of weeks ago, I love running with people too. I mean, yeah. I, I like both. I, yeah, I think it depends on who you're running with. You know, some people, they make it hurt worse. Well. And that's what happens when I run with you. Well, <laughs> so I'm enjoying it, but you're not. But it's, it's the, I do like the accountability. <laughs> you know, I do, I, it's, it's that push, it's that getting outside your comfort zone. You, many times when I run with you, you force me to go somewhere that I may not have went had you not been there. And so I do like that part. I may not like it in the moment. And I think I told you on that last run we ran, I said, just keep talking. Yeah. Don't ask me to talk. Just keep talking and I'll listen. And uh, so, yeah, I always love it when it's over. Yeah. And that's the important part is, is. did you get something out of it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Julie really gets a lot of out of her solo time too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it, the Bible is clear. Um, about what we can accomplish on our own versus what we can accomplish with Christ. It's really it's really clear. We've seen it over and over again, and uh, it's important, obviously, to have Christ, but it's also important to have supporters around you and people who will help hold well, you. The, you just said the accountability. You, you just talked about accountability. It, that can be your running life, your spiritual life. Yep. Um, it, that's but the, it's it's incredibly important in your spiritual life to have those people around you that will ask you the tough questions. You know, I've got a guy at church I think I've mentioned on here before that occasionally he'll come up and say, "Are you clean?" Yeah. And man, I mean, I and and throughout my day, throughout my week, I will hear that question in my head because I know it's coming. And last thing I want to do is tell a lie in church yeah. to a good friend. Yeah, and so. That accountability is so important, yeah, both in our spiritual life and our fitness life. Yep, yep. Well, and I may have, sh- I don't know if I've ever shared this on this podcast before. I am not a fan of crowds at all. I don't like crowds. I, I love being around people that I know and people that I enjoy being around. And that's kind of, it's fine with me. If I had 10 friends mm-hmm. um, that I enjoy, uh, and those were the only people I could ever be around for the rest of my life. I'd probably be happy with that. It mm-hmm. probably wouldn't bother me a bit. Um, I know we, you know, you and I have had this conversation about these bike rides. We go on this Thursday or Tuesday, Tuesday night, the milkshake group. That group is so huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have had over 300 people show up for rides. Now, they break into smaller groups, but even some of those smaller groups that yeah. I've ridden in have been like 50 people. Yeah. I can't, ride, I can't ride in that group. Yeah. I just can't. I don't enjoy it. It gets to the point where I, I, I'm I'm just on edge the whole time. It's not fun anymore. And the whole idea is to have fun. I'm like, just have fun. I'm not, I'm not having fun. <laughs> uh, now I love to ride with five other people. You know, you know, you get a, you get a group and you're all close, and I, I, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, not fifty. But the thing about those big group rides, a lot of times they will push you outside your comfort zone. Oh yeah, you, you got you that get right. With some of those groups, and and uh, so I think there's some value there, but we don't always have to like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure that now for a lot of people. Now, if you're really serious about cycling, there's some really good value there with riding in sure. those big groups. I'm not serious about cycling. There's no value in it for me. <laughs> uh, and you know, I think it's the same with races too. You know, there are people who love. They're, just like there are people who love those groups of fifty, they th- that's what they love. That's their favorite rides. 
Um, there are people who love races that have 25,000 people in them. That's not me. See, Disney is not my cup of tea. No. That is way too many people. Yeah. But it's fun. And it'll be more and fun it, to do it with our group. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I, I've done Disney. I've done Nashville. I mean, you're worn out before you get to the start line mm-hmm. in some of these races. Yeah. Um, but they're they're fun and they're, you know, it's for a different mindset, I guess, on race day, those yeah. races. So, yeah, the Boston Marathon, you get up at... You get up at 5 a.m. for a race that starts at, well, I guess they get starts at 10 now. Well, see, Disney, you're going to be getting up at 3. Yeah, it's true, because it starts early. <laughs> yeah. Was well, it start at 6 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got one of my athletes at, at Dalton State. Start, she's running a marathon next week in the national championships, and it starts at 6 a.m., mm. mostly because it's in Gulf Shores, Alabama, mm. and it's going to be blazing hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially next week. Have you seen the temperatures for next week? Yeah. I had my, my phone was still on uh, – Albany weather, and I pulled it up the other day. I think Wednesday is supposed to be like 102, and that's down down in that area. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, if it gets too hot, if the heat index gets too hot, then they won't have the race. Really? Yeah, they'll cancel mm. it. Question two: Are you leaving a legacy with your time, talents, and gifts? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Julie's meddling a little bit here. She I'd is. say. Um, we hope we all do, right? We we hope that we leave something. We hope that we, the time that we spend on all of the things that we do means something in the right. long run. And we, you know, we've all seen it. We've all had somebody. I think you mentioned to me just recently about somebody that you had coached when they were young, and they came back to you and had said something about. If, if I recall, it was the training that they did, the the pushing that they that you did for them when they were young now prepared them for what they were going through yeah and yeah i mean that was i think that's the coolest text i've ever received yeah because this young lady i coached her when she was really young and she was much older at the time and she sent me this text just out of the blue and said hey mitch i just want to thank you for the principles that you taught me and try i mean because we were pretty hardcore coaches i mean i I've kind of got a reputation, you yeah. know, with, with coaching. Not not in a bad way, but I just we're we know what these athletes, what their potential are, and we just want to see that. And to see a text years later saying, "Thank you," yeah, and I mean, man, that just almost made me cry sitting there yeah. just real. I think I was in a restaurant when it came through, and I was just sat me back in my seat. But that's what you hope. I mean, Lane has made a comment very similar to that before, you know. Um, yeah, I can remember when Lane was really young. And, you know, I used to have the conversation every year with Lane, is this what really what you want to do? Because if you say yes, then for the next year, we're all into this. If you don't want to do it, say it now. And later on, he, he just would get mad at me because he's like, why are you even asking me that? You know this sort of – anyway, but I remember when he was much younger and I was much faster, we would be running and he would just start that, you know – that kid just lagging behind and it wasn't a physical thing. It was, it was yeah. between the ears and he's like, I can't. And I would snap my fingers and <laughs> say, get right beside me, right beside me. And here while back on a run, you know, it was one day where he just decided to basically walk with me running. <laughs> and it was kind of funny that the roles had reversed. Cause he, it was almost like he didn't do it. Oh, that would have been classic. He knew I would probably tackle him. <laughs> But I could sense he was like, right here, Dad, right here. And, uh, but yeah, he said one time, you remember those times 
when you used to be so hard? And, you know, you're like, what is coming after this? Yeah. And he said, thank you. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we all hope that the things that we're doing are making a difference. And sometimes we hear of those differences, but many times we don't. And the key is don't get discouraged because we'll hear all the stories Yeah. when we get to heaven. And we'll have all those people coming up. And Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've had a lot of those moments as a coach where I've been tough on somebody. I just recently shared a story of the girl that I made run the steeplechase, and she was terrified, absolutely terrified, and I made her do it anyway in the hopes that after the race she would, she would see the value in getting outside her comfort zone and doing something she didn't really want to do. Thankfully, in this case, it worked out great, and she actually verbalized that afterwards. But again, to your point, everything that we do in life, sometimes we have to make hard choices and do hard things that are really uncomfortable for us that she could have not said anything mm-hmm. or it could have turned out bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have hurt herself on one of those barriers and I would have felt terrible. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what my hope was and it, it turned out great, but it's really uncomfortable to try to do the right thing sometimes. Yeah. And, um, well, and, and we say a lot, know. we say a lot as coaches. Yeah. If the ones that we know have the most potential, we're the most hard on. It's true. If you, if you ever hear us not getting on your case, that's mm-hmm. when you need to worry. Yep. Um, but it's those that we, we believe the most in that we're going to be the most hard on. Yeah. And it's a lot like that when we share Christ too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we hope that when we share Christ, when we tell somebody a story, we give our testimony, whatever it may be, we hope that we're having an impact, but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know this about you. I know that that same text that you got from somebody from years ago who is appreciative of today, there's somebody out there, too, who knows Christ today because of something you said to them, too. Mm-hmm. You, probably, you don't even know who it is. You're, you may have gotten a text from somebody about that. But you, there's somebody out there like that that mm-hmm. you had an impact on, even though there have been hundreds of other times, you know, where you you talked about Christ with somebody who it never got through. Well, and the the cool thing about the gospel is that God's word is clear; it never comes back void. That's right. Um, you know what we say on the coaching sidelines; it may come back void. A lot of times, it does feel like it comes back void. Yeah, but we have comfort in knowing that the word of God says. It doesn't come back void. And so we should have comfort in that. We should have even more vigor in sharing the gospel than we do coaching. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes, what if I was as passionate about sharing the gospel as I am about coaching a young athlete? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's convicting sometimes. But that's what, exactly what we're called to do. Yeah. yeah. And we have the assurance that it's not going to fail. You you can't fail sharing the gospel. Yep. You can fail coaching. Yeah. You can't fail sharing the gospel. That's right. That's right. Because even if – here's the way I, I like to look at it. You know, people people may reject Christ when you share him. Mm-hmm. People do re- reject Christ when you share him. But, but that's what, not a failure. But what if they don't? Right. What if they don't? It, it, if anybody thinks it's not worth the, that feeling that you get when they reject – what you're offering to them that that feeling isn't worth enduring for the one time mm-hmm. that somebody 
believes what you tell them and, and comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ one time. That's all, that's all it takes, right? And, and I, I don't know. But even all those times you get, in quotes, rejected, the, the seed is planted. It is. And that's all we're called to do. Yeah. So we, we have succeeded. Yes. In that sense. But so many times the devil puts the doubt in our mind that, well, this is a this is a reflection on you. You didn't do something right, so you need to quit doing it. And that's just not true. I mean, that's a lie from the pit of hell. All we're called to do is to plant that seed. And that's done by the way we live our lives, the words that we say, and and how we impact other people. Yeah, I, I just I don't think it's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. Let me, let me let me back up. It is as simple as that, but it's hurtful to share Christ with somebody you love and then have them not accept that. It's not it's not hurtful it's not hurtful because they rejected what I told them. It's hurtful because they didn't they didn't find that knowledge. Right. You know, they, it, but the seeds there. So, so it's uncomfortable. So yes, no, we didn't fail. Still you're hurtful for them. Yes. But to, so many times people or the devil or whoever would will allow that to come as a reflection of us. Right. And, and that's not, not true. That is correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely We're right. on the same page. We are on the same page. <laughs> Last question. Are you aware of your comfort zone? When I leave it, yes. <laughs> Short answer. Uh, I like to think I know where mine is. I mean, I like to think, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to think everybody kind of knows where their comfort zone is. Um, and some people's are a lot smaller others unfortunately um i think the question should be maybe do you know where you're do you know when you leave your comfort zone maybe does that sound right yeah yeah well but i think you do i mean because you get well you know another thing we used to tell the kids the young athletes i used to say you never know how far you can go until, until you, you go. go too far. Mm-hmm. And when you go too far, that's getting outside your comfort zone. You you never know how really fast you can run until you run and just about collapse. Yeah. Then you know where that wall is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Are you aware of your comfort zone? Yeah. And I, I think we have to seek areas outside of our comfort zone before we can be effective for Christ. Sure. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Because if we all stay where we're comfortable, where we are comfortable, none of us would ever share the gospel. Yeah. Because that is an uncomfortable thing to do in and of itself. And we all, and I think we often look at things like sharing, the, directly sharing the gospel, as being outside of our comfort zone. But it's not just the actions; it's the something that you say it could be time bound it could be the subject matter that's there's your comfort zone i think we we limit ourselves into what we think our comfort zone is our comfort zone can have to do with anything it can be uncomfortable it could be outside of somebody's comfort zone um and and i i know somebody very very well um in my family that gets really anxious if there's not space between events if you go from one event to the next, that's really super uncomfortable. And 
that person wants there to be space in between everything because otherwise the day's too crowded and I can't handle it mentally. That's a comfort zone. That sounds like you're talking about me. Because that's, <laughs> that's the way I. <laughs> yeah, no, but you don't mind. You don't mind scheduling stuff right on top of each other, right? I. I. I never have two calendar events touching each other in my phone. <laughs> if that's your answer, if that's what you're looking for, I don't have that. Well, you know, I, I was going right from one thing to pick you up on this and it was just tearing me apart because I was actually two minutes late. I don't know if you realize that pulling in to get you. I was two minutes late and it just, I was tore out of frame. Um, well, where were you going with that? I don't know. I just realized you were talking about me when you said that. Yeah. yeah. I just, <laughs> I, I just, our, our comfort zone takes a lot, takes a lot of different forms. It does. And sometimes it's in being bold and speaking out. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's in being quiet. Sometimes it is outside of my comfort zone for if there are certain political topics that when they're brought up, I can't keep my mouth shut. Mm. That's outside of my comfort zone to just sit there to not and listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's and sometimes the things we do outside of our comfort zone become our comfort zone, and that's called growth. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a good way to put it. I like that. But Man, but that I, I like your your point that sometimes it's a, it's inaction. Yeah. That's outside our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like I I know the hot button things for you, and I know yes, that do. all I got to say is this, and Dean's going to get on a roll. <laughs> that's true. And I can run beside him for the next thirty minutes, and not have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's inaction. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty outside good. our comfort zone. <laughs> Uh, All right. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we are back, and we had some high schoolers competing last week at the state meet. It yeah. was fun to watch. Lane had a good, had one good race mm-hmm. and one not so good race. Mm-hmm. Uh, did really well in the thirty-two hundred, I thought, and uh, they did well in the four by eight hundred. They were, you know, we talk about life being fair sometimes, mm-hmm. and I looked at the times for different for different classifications and we were in maybe the toughest classification in that particular event because we were we were in yeah. sixth place and the classification up from us which is supposed to be harder we would have finished second yeah so uh yeah sometimes but that's the, just the way the cards are dealt sometimes yep, the luck of the draw yeah all right it is time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith So where does your confidence come from? I heard a commercial late one night, and it made me think. This one is called Confidence is Not Manufactured. I think I should be offended, but I'm not sure. Not long ago, I saw a commercial for a hair restoration product. 
I've never been interested in such a product, so I typically pay no attention to these ads. But this time, it caught my ear. The ad postulated that you could gain your confidence back if you grew your hair back. Well, this was devastating news to me. I had no idea that I had lost my confidence along with my hair. Apparently, I have been walking around with low self-esteem without even knowing it. Imagine all the things that I have missed while I have been unknowingly mired in a confidence deficit. (laughs) Of course, all of that is preposterous. I don't get my confidence from my hair. I don't compare the amount of hair I have to other people. That's a good thing. I I figure God gave me what he wanted me to have. Please don't take me wrong. If you feel it necessary to use a product like this or any other similar product, more power to you. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. But it brings up an important point. The world is telling us where we should go to get our confidence. Don't fall for it. I've told you before, you are a runner. Yet there are those out there who say you're not a runner because you don't run fast enough or you're not a runner because you don't do these eight specific things. And if we don't do what the world tells us and we're not molded in the form of the average runner, we shouldn't have confidence in who we are. Don't listen to them. Confidence is not manufactured. It is built through knowledge and common sense. You know that running is good for you. As a matter of fact, your three miles of running could be exactly exactly equal to someone else's five miles of running as far as the impact on your body is concerned. It takes you less miles to get the same benefit. In some ways, you're more efficient. The the knowledge that running is good for you, coupled with the common sense of how important your pace is to the task at hand, is the very essence of confidence. We could cite example after example, but you get the point. Confidence in our faith is similar in some ways. While the world is telling us what is important and what our focus should be, we know the focus should always be on God. It is easy to lose sight of that in the barrage of messages coming from social media, our televisions, the billboards that line the streets, and people with whom we come into contact every day. But there is only one place we should derive our confidence, in God, from God himself. Whether it is in reading his word or praying directly to him, God will instill in confidence in us if we are sincerely seeking it. Think about Gideon. He told God that he was the least of his people, yet God was able to give him confidence to do great things. Why? Because he sincerely asked for it. Whether it is running or hair loss, you don't get your confidence from a shoe, a training plan, a bottle, a pill, or a procedure. You get it through knowledge and common sense. And you don't get confidence in your faith through the world's eyes, but through the grace, knowledge, and a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, that's an awesome story, Dean. I didn't know you had a confidence problem. I didn't either. <laughs> I was so blown away by this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess we're got to deal with the hand we're dealt. But you know, it's so right. As you were reading that, I was thinking, I mean, just flip on any TV station and watch the commercials. Mm-hmm. Everything is selling you something, and the way they're selling you something is telling you how inadequate you are and that you need this thing yeah. to be happy. 
And and I'm old enough to remember when TV commercials were just a straightforward, here's what this product does. You know, it, it, that was it. Now, they might have put on an attractive model on the, the cover or something like that. But for the most part, it wasn't. It wasn't you have to have this or you're going to die. <laughs> it's exactly what we were talking about on the way down here that we, we just talked about a few minutes ago. Simplicity. The, the world wants to... You, Dean, you're, you've lost some of your hair. You need to get that back. Let's let's make things complicated. You know, I don't know why this is making me think. We were just talking about the state track meet. And we were down in Albany for the state track meet. Well, it was the last weekend of turkey season. And my youngest son is the hunter. And so I wanted to find a place for him to go turkey hunting. And uh, somebody gave me the name of a farmer down there and said, hey, give this guy a call. He'll be happy to let you go turkey on his property. And I'd heard that this gentleman owned a lot of property. And, I mean, when I think of a lot of property, I think 500 acres or more. Yeah. And um, so we showed up to this guy's house, little bitty country farmhouse. I mean, nothing nothing spectacular, just a little bitty, probably 1,500-square-foot country farmhouse. I walk in, the guy's wife comes to the door, she welcomes me, and we walk through the house. I mean, it's old decor, you know, pictures of kids and grandkids all over the walls. And we walk through, and she takes me out the back door, and this 84-year-old man is sitting under a shade tree in the backyard, chewing on a cigar with his cowboy hat on, and he's reading the newspaper. (laughs) My mind saw the picture of peace. Yeah. The world would say, there's more to it than this. You, you you need to have all this. You need to have this big flashy house. You need to have this big, had an old beat up pickup truck out there beside him. So he, he said, jump the truck. So we jumped the truck and we drive. He said, I'm going to show you a place to turkey hunt. Well, we drove and we drove and we drove <laughs> and we drove. And the whole time, and I know I'm getting off topic here. But the whole time we drove, I thought, well, we're going to another piece of property that he owns somewhere. So we go and we look at the place and we're, we're pulling out. And he talks about, this, says something about this little house. And I said, do you know the people that live there? He said, oh, that's on my place. And I thought, oh, OK. So on the way back to his house, probably a 30 minute drive. He's pointing at all these different fields where cotton was planted and the cotton was just barely coming up. They just planted it two weeks before. And uh I started putting two and two together, and I said the man's name. I said, how much property do you own? And he said, just over 30,000 acres. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just it hit me that this guy has all the resources. I mean, my best guess is that was $90 million worth of property Yeah, that close to Albany, Georgia. He had all the resources in the world, and Every excuse and the money to do all the things that society says, this will make you happier. But he finds happiness under a shade tree in his backyard. He, he, he finds happy, happiness and simplicity. And there's so much we can learn from a guy like him that society tries. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this other than. <laughs> The simplicity. We've talked about that a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, it's the simple things in life. It's it's finding the time to do nothing, getting along with God and talking to Him and not listening to all the inputs that are constantly trying to be driven into our life. 
just like this commercial that said you had low confidence because you're losing your hair. Yeah. I, and and the truth is that is not true. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I actually, you don't have a confidence problem. No, I, I know that. I kind of like by the it. names you call me when we're running. I know that you don't have a confidence problem. <laughs> I, I kind of like. But it's an the, awesome story. I like having less hair personally because it's less, less to worry about. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah, I've heard you say that. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we are back, and uh, you know, I have a friend of mine whose daughter um, is a great runner. Um, she finished seventh at Foot Locker Nationals when she was a high schooler. She's a senior in college now, and she just broke the meet record for the 10K at the ACC Championships. She ran 32.45. Hmm. That is, that for is a 10K. crazy fast. Yes. 16.22 twice. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that is fast. Uh, and it, I was looking at, at the other results in this meet, and in the same, in the ACC championships, the top six were separated by one and a half seconds. One and a half seconds. On a 10K. In a 10K. If you were five seconds back, you didn't even score for your team. Wow. That is just, and, and the times were fast. Uh, I, I've never seen a college race like that before. 25 laps, and they all finish, boom, done. Crazy. The girls are the same way. The girls, the, uh, a 33-32 didn't even score in the meet. I mean, 33-32 would win that meet often. Yeah. So, so were they all, were all the conference championships last weekend? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I saw a little bit of the SEC. We, Lane, and I, Lane wanted to watch Davis. Yeah. How did Davis do? Not so well. No? Well. Well, I say not so well. I mean, his time was crazy fast, but compared to the other guys there's, in SEC, it, it was. I think he was fifth or sixth, something yeah. like that. There's just so many fast guys <laughs> yeah. out there these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of discussion on the message boards about the shoes, um, but this idea of all these people finishing so close together doesn't have anything to do with shoes. No, I mean because you, you would think if it's shoes then they would still finish further apart. They would just be all a little bit faster. Um, so um, there's there's a little bit more to this than just the shoes. With all these Rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Or think about this. This is a theory. What if the shoes help the slower runner more than they help the faster runner so that they've kind of pulled the – but slower together. runner versus faster runner in the 10K ACC championships. Yeah. 
is not much. It's not much, but it is some. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I just thought. I mean, I can understand if you're saying slower runner me, faster runner you. Yeah, those shoes would help me a lot more than they would probably help you. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a That's good theory. A, yeah, it's an interesting thought. You should post that on one of those message boards. Yeah. I don't see how you get on those message boards. They get a little out of hand on those things. Gosh, sometimes. they do. They sure do. I oh, mean, somebody my. says something, and it's like, you're a moron. And just, yeah. They, they go off the deep end on these people. Well, and if you go to Let's Run, which is, you know, the world famous running message boards, they're talking about everything but running sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, it really. And that's I why was, the Run Club Facebook group is so awesome. That's right. None of that stuff. We stick to uh, to good stuff. Yep. Um, and you know, I don't know if you know this, but Joshua Chepta guy yesterday tried to break the three thousand meter world. I record. heard he was going to. Yeah, he missed it by thirteen seconds. He wound wow. up running seven thirty three. But that record may be one of the toughest records to bit to break ever. Um, Daniel Coleman, who holds the three k record, ran seven twenty, which is three fifty six pace for a Golly. mile <laughs> for almost two miles. Uh, it's just, it's an incredible thing. Daniel Coleman was such an amazing runner, but it was like, it was like he was white hot for a year or two and then boom, he disappeared. It was, it's a really, really strange phenomenon, but, but that record has been around for 25 years. No telling how long it's going to hang around. How much, we're probably going to get hate mail for the comment I'm about to make. Some of these older records do you think any of them were possibly inaccurate when they were done? Because, I mean, just think about the timing systems nowadays and the ways of measuring. And, you know, I think about, like, the some of the 100-meter or 200-meter races that were records were held forever. And, I mean, they were using stopwatches, literally. And how much more accurate that timing is nowadays. Do you think any of that goes in? I don't. I, and I'll tell you why I say that, because I mean, you know, I was running in the 80s myself. Right. And the same stuff they use today, they were using in the 80s. Really? Yeah. They had they called it AccuTrack back then, was yeah. the company that made the equipment. Um, they had, I mean, they were taking pictures at the finish line that were stretched out pictures where you could tell. And um, they were they were very accurate. Okay. Very accurate. It was all, it was electronic back then, too. Yeah. Um, now, now, now there were very few races that were electronic back then, but certainly these world record attempts and things like that were certainly right. all done that way. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a legitimate thought. Um, I think that a, a bigger thing about the difference is that the, again, the equipment, the shoes is one we just talked about, but it's more than just shoes. Track it's, surfaces. It, and, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 All of that is, uh, is to me is huge. Yeah. As far as that goes. Don't send me hatefully email. I just I was just thinking, thinking that wondering. Uh, I, I, wondering. I don't think there's anything wrong with, <laughs> with that with that thought. I think Moo she broke uh, fifty seconds for the four hundred. You remember we talked about her a few mm-hmm. weeks ago on here, and um, she's an eight hundred meter runner, and now all of a sudden she's crazy fast in the four hundred as well. Um, I tell you what, I, I, nobody I don't know that anybody's given her a chance, but this she's young. And she's got a chance at doing something special in the Olympics. Here's here's how deep it is, though, in the United States right now in the 800 meters. She could win Olympic gold. She's that fast. She could also not make the United States Olympic team. That's how competitive the 800 meters is right now in the United States. 
Wow. I guess you saw where uh, Taylor Nib got a spot for the Olympics. No, I didn't. She's uh, she's a triathlete. Yeah. And she uh, what was it? What's what's the race in Japan? Um, my mind just went blank. The WTS, and she won. She won it. Wow. It was very. They're they're kind of comparing her to Gwen. Son of you a know, gun. she come through and just dominated the race. She's twenty two years old. Youngest woman in history to get a spot on the U.S. Olympic team for triathlon. Man, that's awesome. Uh, and she just she come up through the. I mean, she's come up through the same exact ranks that that Elaine did. I actually had a long conversation with her dad a couple of years ago, and but yeah, she just went in. I mean, she was picked to be good, but she just dominated yeah. Yokohama. Was Yokohama, the race. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching her back when she was younger. Just absolutely obliterate everybody yeah. just yeah you'd have these she'd get on the bike and you'd have these bike packs try to chase her down and while they're while you've got all these people trying to work together to, to chase her down she's just pulling away from mm-hmm. them by herself doing her own thing yeah <laughs> yeah uh all right how about a trivia question for this week um this one came up on my radar this week and i, I hadn't thought about this person in a long time and so i thought it'd be a good trivia question there was a lady who competed for both South Africa and Great Britain in the 80s in the Olympics. She ran the 3,000 meters in both. Who is she? And what was unusual about the way she ran? And why did she compete for two different countries? So this will lead you down a path to get to learn about somebody who was um, a, a big, big figure at that time. Was actually involved in some uh, in a controversial race. I'll, I'll even give you that clue as well um, at the time. So now send that answer to me at dean at runforgod.com. Not messenger, not customer service, to dean at runforgod.com. That's right. With yeah. your T-shirt size. With your T-shirt size, and if you're first, um, then you win. Why is running so awesome? It's funny that I've got this on here after the conversation that we just had. (laughs) Running is awesome because equipment is an afterthought. Even though equipment has gotten better, Mm -hmm. it's still for running is not. But it's not necessary. It's not so integral to the the whole thing. You know, football teams, you look at, there's a reason why the SEC is so good in football. Because they spend multi-millions worth of dollars on facilities. And that makes them better. Um, cycling, you know, you can, yeah, you can do it on any bike, but there's a difference between a, a $1,000 bike and a $10,000 bike. Sure. Um, tennis, you know, you've got a tennis racket. There's just all sorts of sports out there where it makes a difference, the equipment that you use. And in running, it really doesn't matter. Now, it does help you a second or two maybe in a, in a race to wear carbon fiber, carbon plate shoes or whatever, but it's not like. A sure. tremendous difference. Um, and there are some other sports like that, too. Uh, there's a reason why soccer is the most popular uh, sport in the world, and that's because all you need is a ball. You can pretty much, if you got a flat spot, you can play soccer. Cool bit of trivia. Yeah. Uh, Whitfield County. We have three high schools here. We have Cahulla Creek High School, Southeast High School, and Dalton High School. All three were state champions in soccer this year yeah they just had a big party downtown last night with all three soccer teams but that's that's pretty impressive for our our little town here that we have three state champions because they're all in different divisions different size schools and yep. uh, all three of them are state champs so congratulations to all the teams here definitely definitely great job great job all right 
All right. So and, yeah, there's some other yeah, other sports too that, and, and you know the ones um, that that are easy to get into because they're the ones that are more popular mm-hmm. a lot of times. So, but nothing beats running for its rawness. Mm-hmm. That's what I love so much about running is that it's so raw. Our motivational thought of the week. Don't run away from challenges. Run over them. <laughs> and that's that famous person named Anonymous <laughs> who uh, has that quote. But don't run away from challenges. Run over them or run through them. Uh, embrace the challenge. Sometimes it just takes some pure grit and determination. Amen. Which is kind of what we taught when we were talking about coaching earlier and trying to push those folks. That's what we were doing. We we're trying to get them to find that grit sure. and determination. Yep. All right. Everybody doing great. Keep up the great training. Keep running. Keep focusing on that next goal. Keep glorifying God in your running and all that you do. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.